Hello and welcome to the Chosen Daughter podcast with me, Maz O'Connor. I'm a singer and a songwriter and this podcast is a series of conversations I recorded with artists about their work, their process and creativity in general. In this episode, I talked to Maria Farah, a painter based in London. Her work is really beautiful and I was really glad to get to talk to her about it. So this is the very first conversation for this project that I ever recorded, so it may be a little bit ramblier than the others, but I do hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking to her. I'm here with Maria Farah, who is um, doing my very first podcast with me. It's very nice to be here with you, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> um, we're at Maria's studio in Holborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you first of all just introduce yourself to people, tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a painter. I make really big paintings in oil, on linen, and I have a studio and I paint every day. Every day? Except the weekends, <laughs> which is a new thing. Okay, yeah. let's talk about that. Why did you used to paint on the weekends? Um, I felt guilty for not painting at mm. the weekends mm. because there's no stopping you from working. And I think, especially when I was a bit younger, um, I thought that you always have to be working, mm. but actually that leads to less working because there's no end to it. So mm-hmm. you've, if you say you're not going to work at the weekends, you've got you concentrate more on what you're making. So on Friday afternoon, I want to feel that this week I made these paintings and I made those adjustments rather than on Friday afternoon thinking I've done 30 hours this week. That's really pointless. Oh, I see. So you you used to kind of think that to be legit in some way, you had to just work all the time. Yeah. And so what was the instigation what was kind of the epiphany of like oh actually that's the wrong way of looking at it Mm, um the epiphany maybe it wasn't an epiphany Mm. but what what changed that allowed you to because obviously if if you used to think Mm. that um what i'm trying to ask is that if you used to think that what made you legit was the Mm. amount of time that you spent on your paintings Mm. you obviously now must have another measure of whether you're legit yeah yeah i know what you mean um i think there's two ways of looking at it. One that's a bit more philosophical, which might be that with artworks, and maybe it's the same with music, you can, if you wanted to, continue on forever on the same work and never say this is the end of it. But I think um, there's a point where with artworks you say it doesn't belong to you anymore and it's that it's someone else, it's part of culture and you put it out there as Mm. something that belongs to the world Mm -hmm. in a way. And so not knowing when to say, this is no longer mine. I mean, you can't just start altering a painting that's already hanging in a gallery mm. and being seen by everyone and mm. has a title and people go back home. You can't, no one does that. Like, I'm sure one of the great artists would, wouldn't go into their own exhibition and start continue painting on it. You yeah. know, there's a point where it's different. It's no longer in your studio. And I think not realising that in your work is, um, not that productive mm. because you want to feel that it's done and so actually the whole idea of working from 9 to 5 and uh, maybe coming in at the weekend and if you did all of that and ticked all the boxes of um, normal working practices you come up with good work that's a big mistake because mm. then you're not enjoying it and there's another dimension of um, how us artists, especially in my figurative painting, inspiration doesn't come from just yourself, but Mm. going out and seeing things. And if you don't allow yourself time to do that, then your paintings would be dead. Yeah, you'd run out of ideas and... Yeah, Yeah, and also it's... I think good art is always going to have a sense of humour. And if you lose that touch, Mm. then I think you end up, like writing something, um, I say write, um, I'm just imagining, um, yeah, I'm just, it just becomes really, really dull, 
yeah. and and heavy. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And you think that all this serious stuff is should be somehow dull and heavy. Like you should be <laughs> learning something. Going to mm. school is kind of hard, but actually, when it comes to art, the most serious jewels or pearls, as it were, comes from like a light-hearted place that you might not always find yourself in, but you. Um, you should put yourself in, and that's the yeah. weekends. So there, there's this idea that you've got to, um, being an artist or being a painter is not just being at your canvas. Mm. That's a part of it, mm. but it's kind of, you, you've got to fill the well before you can draw from it. Yeah. Is that something that you, um, you learned from drawing from the well too much? Do you think? Was it, did mm. you get to a point of kind of overwork and starting to resent the work or stress or...? Mm. I think it's more my total inability to do any more than... As in, the, I had this pure idea of being able to do something nine to five for hours on end, like mm. you might do um, maths exercises, mm. but I had never achieved it and I just realised <laughs> that why am I doing this? It's, in a, it's not achievable because yeah. um, in contemporary art especially, um, it's not about getting a massive uh, canvas and copying a photograph, which yeah. is labour and you don't have to yeah. think. But yeah. actually now, if you're in any time actually, when you're trying to make something new, you, you have to sit back and think. Yeah. And say... And how do you quantify? Yeah thinking time as, yeah. as work yeah I think um, I think that's something that I, f I find difficult to um, to adjust my mindset from if, if you've come from education where mm. it's kind of you're at school from eight o'clock until four o'clock if you're mm. not then doing some after school stuff mm. and it's very clear boundaries of like when you're working when you're not mm. and then and then you go to university and it's it's a bit more free, but it's like mm. there's term time and then there's holiday and it's all mm. kind of laid out for you. And then if you then go into a nine to five job, which I did for a while, but even if you don't, mm. the culture or society is kind of mm. set up in that nine to five way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I found myself holding myself to that and actually realizing that it just doesn't work like that. Mm. Mm. But the hard bit is that you then have to decide when you're finished working and how much mm. work is enough and you have to be able to let yourself stop yeah. and know that it's okay and it doesn't mean that you're a shit artist and you're going to fail and yeah. I have this idea that it's like some karmic thing of like the yeah. more work I do the more the universe will reward me yeah. and like be, being able to walk away from stuff and go and do something fun or to have a holiday or mm. you know, what, do you have another part of your life. Mm. It's quite. I find that like I'm somehow tempting fate. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. what if, what if I have to be here for the idea to come? Mm. Or, and it's. I think so much of it is kind of the internalization of that nine mm. to five work culture. Did any of that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I think that um, maybe that's why the popularity of social media is so prevalent. Because in those times when you want to strap yourself to work mm. and yet you can't because inspiration is not conscious. I think most of the time it's subconscious. Mm. And social media and anything that's easy and habitual, you could just do and yet you pretend you're doing something by sitting there and being in the studio but actually you're not doing anything. Mm. I think it's a much I'm starting to think, this is a recent realisation, that it's much healthier to actually think, not in terms of hours and time, but instead of the things that you're actually making. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of like a really beautiful, simple drawing um, that could hang on somebody's wall. And just the idea of it is not a paint, painting or a drawing with loads and loads on it but just one very carefully thought through simple linear drawing mm. I think that's more beautiful than if someone was doing putting loads and loads on the paper um, mm. it's very considered and to get that I mean what relevance do you have with ours you know but on the other hand it could be the opposite argument in that 
um, sometimes things that you you do for the first time, and it's every day for me. It, the what I'm doing is doing something for the first time. Um, there's always going to be trials and mm -hmm. errors, mm -hmm. and hours in that sense is really important because mm. you've got to be patient and sometimes it doesn't work and the easiest thing to do is just give up mm. and go out somewhere yeah. whereas actually being in the studio and even just having lunch here I could see the side of the painting and um, something might occur to me I mm. should have moved that or yeah. actually standing in front of the painting and um, applying paint um, is a completely different sensation to just thinking about doing a certain thing because our eyes are another subconscious thing in that you might think someone's really well dressed but that's a result of someone putting one colour against another and so many things that goes into this colour and form thing that you don't know what's actually happened it's just the overall impression is beauty yeah and I think it's the same with the canvas in that unless I put a red down it could work or not work so yeah um on so the other hand on the other hand i you should have be to, standing you have in to front graft, yeah. yeah i need the hours in yeah. front of the canvas as well yeah um, and like you say you can't just give up yeah yeah and you have to kind to of here. yeah um there's a book called big magic mm. by elizabeth gilbert have you heard of that no what's that about it's, um she wrote eat love pray oh really yeah okay. yeah and it's basically about about creativity mm. and um she has this idea that I mean it's it's a big TED talk that she that she did and I'm mm. I'm probably gonna like butcher her theory but <laughs> it's basically the idea that um, it, we now think of people somebody is a genius yeah whereas the classical idea of a genius is that um, somebody had a genius or somebody has a genius oh, and mm. you they sometimes inspire you they mm. sometimes show up for you mm. but you have to show up every day. Or yeah, Monday um, to Friday, nine to five, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. So that you can be there yeah. when that happens, and you need to kind of just show commitment and show willing, mm. and and like you say, kind of just stick around mm. and look and mm. take that time and give yourself that space. So it is a, a mm. balance, I suppose, isn't it? Of yeah. like you can't yeah, just wait is. for inspiration to strike because yeah. there has to be graft and you have to show up. Yeah. But you yeah. also have to give yourself a break. Yeah live your life <laughs> yeah that is true but at the same time what really struck a chord with me in what you were saying then is that in this profession you can always be mentally there in your work yeah and sometimes i'll be walking down the street and then a fear strikes me that the deadline is coming up in yeah. two weeks and i think oh my god i've got to get my act together at that moment i sometimes look around and whatever i saw five minutes ago turns into an idea and i oh, think nice. in a sense that's yeah you're working again, but yeah. in not in the same way. Yeah. But I think it's um, really lazy of me to think that being in the studio alone means work, whereas mm. you could do it, in a sense, on the street. Mm. Yeah. But that really struck a chord when you mentioned the um, TED Talk lady and the book, because you have to, if you have that mentality more often, when you're out and around, then, yeah, genius would be round the corner, whereas... Yeah, yeah, like, you know, shining a light on things for you. Yeah. Let me say something and then I'll ask you the question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that I, um, often in my songwriting, um, I'll get a, a kind of strange kind of pleasure from something popping up when I'm writing mm. that was from, like, a party that I went to mm. or just a chat with a friend yeah. or or a book that I read, or something yeah. that I did for me, just for pleasure and just for my life, yeah. then turns up in my work through, mm. I just imagine, through my subconscious, because mm. I guess whatever you put in comes out. Mm. Um, but it's this strange kind of, um, it's like all my walls and boundaries just fall down, because it's like all, all of these walls that I built between life and work and play, mm. and they, they're an illusion. It's not, these things aren't separate. It, yeah. it's, it's all part of the same thing. Um, mm. But I, I find that really um, kind of relaxing because it's like, oh, mm. well, that, that party actually ended up being the song. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so you've got, you've got to kind of, yeah, keep engaging and, and inspiration can, can come from all kinds of things. But I guess mm. my question is, do you know when you're making a painting, mm. 
do you are you reliant on your because if there anybody that hasn't seen your paintings and they can mm. go on your website and, and mm -hmm. have a look but they are figurative as you say mm. um and um somewhere between naturalism and abstract i suppose yes absolutely and and there's something kind of dreamlike about them in in the sense of um objects disparate objects coming together to make something that has a coherence would mm. you agree yeah absolutely and yeah. so are you aware when you're does your subconscious kind of present things to you and you go, oh, yeah, there should be strawberries? Or is it mm. a much more conscious process? And, and are you aware of where those images come to you from? Mm. Do you ever get a moment where you go, do you know, I think that's from that chat that I, mm. that I had with yeah. you know, my boyfriend last night? Or mm. Are you aware or is it all just... Mm, um, yeah, flow? most of the time I am aware, actually. But then um, you never know. Uh, when we do something, we always think of a reason, but the reason might not necessarily be true. I see. And I constantly engage so in you that. you like retrospectively make uh, something, uh, make a sense, make a narrative sense. Yeah, that's that what we always do in general true. life. But sometimes it could be true, but sometimes it's not. And I feel that I'm living that process when I'm doing it. For instance, Ooh. I was painting a giant cherry. Of course. Um, <laughs> as we do every day. <laughs> Um, it was really big, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it takes about two hours to paint a cherry that big, and you, there's a lot you could cram in in those two hours. You could think about cherry as some sexual object, uh, object, sexual symbol, um, and cherry as something, a pattern of my grandmother's dress or something solid like that and then there's so many um, and then the painting itself was about a uh, ice cream parlour in Sicily called Cafe Cicilia Sicilia and oh it might it might be the um, it might be the flavours of the ice cream and all of those um, mm. all of those ideas are so relevant that I think I'll be so empty without experiences. And yeah. in a sense, shouldn't I be making more experiences so that I can actually paint? But then yeah. to do that, you have to leave the studio. <laughs> but, and so you kind of need to do the skills bit as well. So yeah, you have you to keep your balance craft, it out. craft yeah. up. And, and yeah. The, yeah. I often think it's really similar to the way when you first learn swimming, yeah. there's a point where you can float, as in you don't sink into the water. Okay. Um, and you've got a perfect balance of your arm movements, your leg movements, your breathing, yeah, yeah. and finally you're swimming, or you like sink and you like, hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, so it's that, that balance in terms of studio experiences. Um, oh, so, yeah. so, the, so the swimming thing, it's like the, the craft would be the technique of learning to swim. Yeah. But then at a certain point, you're not thinking about the technique anymore. Yeah, you're, that's true, yeah. You're just swimming. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. I like but that. But I'm not sure if I answered the question. What was the question? About no, no, uh, you the did. relevance yeah. of what everyday life brings you to your Well, heart. and also, also, do you know, do you necessarily know what the images mean and where they've come from? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, that is so interesting, this thing of they, they mean lots of things at once. Mm. And of course they do. And, no. But sometimes mm. maybe a... a there can be an experience that jogs mm. all of that, but maybe mm. the things that you grab onto and the things that make it into your work are the, the ones that are rich with lots of meanings. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely right, but then I also think that, um, on the other hand, it's also pursuing what doesn't make sense, and those okay. are actually more hard to come by. What do you mean, um, Say, in painting, I think the... Uh, the ones that don't make sense in a way it is a lot hard to come by. So, you know, this might be a bit far-stretched, but you know in the beginning of um, Anna Karenina, when um, it says that the happy families are happy in a really similar way, oh, but, yeah. like, unhappy families are unhappy in very different ways. Okay. I've, I find so much resonance in that, in that with creativity, looking for something that is so strange and different is actually harder than coming up with something in harmony. So yeah. it's more like a dream, dream-like image that you're going for. 
and you think that that's really easy to come by, but right. actually it's harder. So if you dream of something that doesn't make sense at all, like a horse with a um, wing, think of it, you, you, yeah. couldn't, you just couldn't think of something yeah. that doesn't make any sense, usually. Yeah. So I think my work and many artistic pursuits are about trying to get to that point of things that don't make sense. Um, if that makes any sense. As yeah. in, in poetry as well, I find that the most beautiful one is like a rhyme, but it doesn't, it has that strange, mysterious mm -hmm. nonsensicalness about it. And to pursue that and try and find it is actually harder than things yeah. that make sense. Because I feel that I'm constantly thinking, oh, this could be a story like this. And when that story looks too clear in a painting, mm -hmm. it's it just dies in front of me, like, oh, it's, it's gone down to illustration. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember where I read it, um, and maybe I'll like put a little edit mm. at the end to tell people. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a, a quote about, um, about poetry mm. and about the, um, the kind of duty of the poet to not, um, to kind of look for words or ways of putting words together mm. that shock and I knew um, whoever it was was saying that um, words are like um, pennies mm. that the more we use them the less shiny they get and they get more dull mm. um, or pounds or oh, whatever yeah. it is mm -hmm. and and so if we if you're trying to write um, a lyric or mm. um, or a poem and you're relying on it's even things that aren't cliches but things like um, if I were to say like it's, let's say I've made a mistake mm. something like that yeah a set of words that we have said so many times and mm. heard so many times. Yeah. It's not cliche. Yeah. But it's like, can we find another way of expressing that? Because it's, the shine has completely gone out of that. Yeah. Because we've just used it too much. Yeah. But finding that in a way that still communicates mm. is really hard. Because I could, I could find a way of saying I've made a mistake that would be obscure and weird mm -hmm. and people might not understand but can mm. you can you find something that people understand and communicate yeah. immediately mm. which poetry has to well it doesn't have to do but the type of thing that type of lyric that I want to write is that mm. it has to has to have an immediacy mm. but also surprise and shock and have that mm. little bit of tension that people are like oh mm. that's a bit yeah. odd and mm. they're gonna have to spend a bit of time with that yeah um, I wonder whether it, it's the death of it is thinking too much. Yeah. You kill it if you give it too much of your thought. Yeah, but how do you get away from thought, though? I feel like yeah. this whole mindful thinking and meditation and the whole world's gone mad for trying to kill thoughts. But, um, yeah, it's, sometimes it happens, though. It's amazing. Um, mm. And I think in painting, I can sometimes get it it's maybe once a year. Do you know when what, what the circumstances are? Can, is, is there any pattern? Mm. Yeah, there is actually. There's usually about three weeks or so of work that doesn't work out. So I oh. spend loads and loads of hours. Yeah. But then I, when I do that every day, I go home and I take the whole lot with me so that I might have a dream. And that dream involves colour and mystery and storytelling and all of the things I'm looking mm. for and then I wake up in the morning with like some kind of epiphany and and then I'm able to paint something that I can 100% spend time in painting with no distraction as in I'm purely 100% in the studio actually making that painting and it's like flow flow like you go into flow mode yeah I think is that a thing well I mean I think so <laughs> like like when you um you don't even you don't even want to go to the loo. Exactly, you don't want to yeah. eat anything. Like yeah. you just you're just so in this thing. Yeah. And you just want to stay with it. Yeah. And you just feel it's almost like a higher yeah plane or something. It's yeah. it, it, I would call that flow. Yeah. When definitely. you know an idea is. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. not even conscious. It's not like, Oh, I know this is great, I wanna keep it's just like nothing else exists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I, I could 100%. Like, it's almost I could piss myself. Even, it's so yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, really similar though. Shit, I really need to wait, but it's really, it's really, really similar to that. In that, um, you might get have back pain or anything, but mm. you, uh, you think you as long it. as I'm still alive, I can do it. And it's, um, I think many people who haven't experienced it probably think I'm, you, you're just bragging or something. No. But actually, it does, it does happen from time to time. From time to time, it's, yeah, it's, and it's rare feeling. in my experience, but it is an amazing feeling. And I feel mm. like what we're trying to do a lot of the time is chase that. Yeah. And that's why we show up. Because yeah. every now and again, this like magical yeah. thing happens where you just feel like a channel. Yeah. You just yeah, feel like something exactly. is pass coming yeah. through you yeah. and you're there to catch it. Yeah, but I must say it is a result not of um, puffing around, but it, it is a result of weeks of those hours, actually, which is kind of going against what I was saying because, I, <laughs> you know, I was trying to argue against that, but actually... I don't think you were. You were just trying yeah. to give yourself a weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. the guilt is, <laughs> guilt is coming back. <laughs> But yeah, when you quit weekends and do hours, it, it does come. It's but a, it's but also, like you say, it's like it's it's the the time. That it's not going to happen on a weekend if you resent being there. Yeah, it's going to happen when you're happy to be there, right? Mm. Yeah. And I'm sure if you felt like that on a Sunday morning, yeah, you, you would come in, right? Yeah, y yeah. We'll go to the beach. No, <laughs> I no. If I felt like that on a Sunday, yeah. But it's also um, in interlocked this flow with the previous two weeks. It doesn't. Mm. I, I the idea of an artist getting inspiration is like walking along, nah, 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 mm. and then you get so some kind of inspiration. It yeah. doesn't work like that. You no. have to work with your material. Yeah. And you, it's a very primitive thing. I think it, I find myself quite similar to um, like those cavemen smearing stuff on the wall. Um, <laughs> It's a very child, not childish, like a primitive act and mm. without the actual process of doing the smearing of, well, essentially that's what paint is, just yeah. earth. But as human beings, we perceive light reflected on this particular pigment that's mud, but it appears to our eyes as red or blue or yellow yeah. and you smear it and then you make face and then you somehow, because of the way you arrange these pigments, appear to our eyes as particular colours, somehow there is a face. It's yeah. absolutely absurd, because yeah, yeah. any other animal, they cannot see it. It's just so weird. Like, <laughs> you paint a portrait of a dog, and the dog won't fancy that dog in a painting, because it's not there. It's just a pile yeah. of pigments. I mean, mate, what, <laughs> like, what, what even is music? <laughs> I don't even know what music is. It's a collection of sounds that, for some reason, is pleasing. Yeah. Like, I, it's mad. Yeah, yeah it's, it is mad. It's just, and it, and but also I think what's incredible about it is that, you know, you mentioned the cavemen and um, painting, music, all of these things that seemingly have no function, certainly in like a capitalist mm. um, setup, yeah. uh, absolutely pre-exist mm. all other things that humans have done. You know, mm. like we've always expressed ourselves in these odd, odd ways. Because it is odd when you stop to think about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Why does yeah. that? Why paint pictures with coloured earth? Yeah. And why does music please us? It's what even is it? It's just sound, but it's not yeah. sound. And and painting art is something other. It, it's like a fusion of different things to make something other. Yeah. And music is a fusion of different sounds. Yeah. And what's the difference between sound and music? But there is a difference. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's, like, it makes me think of my friend who's a, a scientist. Um, uh, she's a, what do you call it, a chemical engineer. Mm. So she works on a cellular level, I think. I should probably check this with her. Yeah. But, she, but she said to me one time, and it blew my mind, she was like, we mm. know like, that humans are a collection of cells and we know what it is, but we don't know what makes it life. Mm. Like we yeah. don't know what the spark is. We, we don't know what makes something alive. Mm. Um, it's kind of tangential, but mm. um, but it's the same thing I think with the what's yeah. the difference between kind of smearing something on a cave wall and art. I love the cell example. Yeah, that there is no. You know what it is, but yeah. you, d you know what makes it. You know what its component parts mm. are, but you don't know what makes it magic. Yeah.
grew up until the age of about like, 10, assuming that art was in everyone's life, mm. maybe less, maybe about 8. And then I k slowly came to the realisation that, because I couldn't find other people who did as much as as much painting and making mm. stuff as myself and, yeah, myself and my um, family, I guess. Um, because I, I went to a friend's house and um, we were faffing around and said, I said, let's do some painting. And she said, oh, we don't have any paints. And I was like, what? so what do you do? <laughs> I, was, I was completely puzzled that people could live like this. It was the same as someone telling me that you never washed or you never ate right. or something. And I, was, I thought she was really weird. <laughs> went to another friend's house. Let's do some drawing. There are no colouring pencils. Oh. Um, just continued like that, and I finally realised that, that art is not that art is not a thing, and mm. it was really really bizarre. I thought it was yeah. eat, sleep, shower, um, walk, paint, walk, eat, <laughs> sleep, shower, paint. I thought that was life. <laughs> but it is for you. <laughs> yeah. So I find it now puzzling that I'm questioning why people do this when I should be questioning other people who don't do it. It's true. So you say painting and drawing was very normal for you. Was mm. that so you grew up um you grew up in the Philippines, right? No, I grew up in Japan. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. With mm -hmm. your mum? Yeah, with my mum and dad. Okay. Yeah. And were either of them artists? No. But your mum would draw at home or? Um my mum would cook all the time. Mm. And my dad would paint, and he uh, he used to write a lot at home and taught in the evenings English. So yeah. he was always painting, um, but he wasn't a painter as an art. He wasn't a practicing artist. So I assumed okay. that maybe that's why I thought people did painting just without any reason for it. Yeah, as an entertainment of. And did he really? did he teach you to paint? Um, yes, I think so. Um, for a child, and um, for a child coming into a study and there's loads of art books around mm. and there's paints, you don't really need to do very much teaching, really, because okay. you just start doing stuff. Yeah. Maybe he taught how taught me how to draw because he had a book on by John Ruskin that he had read, yeah. which was the art of drawing, yeah. and it was um, a very classic way of teaching a person how to draw, um, mm. like proportions and so on. Nice. And that really helped me because then you get rid of things that you don't like about art in art class. And what do you mean? Because not being able to draw is yeah. the point that people start hating painting, I think. Because uh, yeah. if you can't draw someone's face very clearly in good likeness, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm really bad at art. Why would I keep Going yeah. With this. yeah, makes yeah. me feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And do you remember the first time that you used paint? Um, I vaguely do actually, and it is amazing because I still remember doing fish and I mean no one said to do fish but the fish is the easiest thing to draw and paint actually like twists of can you imagine a loop a quick loop um, oh yeah and I don't know why I remember this I just remember doing it so I did that and then slowly you do sort of animals and things that have a head I mean, you're watching evolution happen in front of you. <laughs> and finally, I really wanted to do portraits of friends. And oh. I did loads of that. And I once did one of a friend who wanted a poster for the volleyball club in junior high. And she, she was quite a bitchy girl. And I thought I... I thought it would be great if I did like a wartime poster of her pointing a finger um, and she's saying, not I need to this, is she? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she's Japanese, so how come she won't be oh, able okay. to hear it? Okay, but she knows she was rich. Okay. Um, <laughs> they usually do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did a painting of her, and it was a good likeness. And um, I, I did uh, uh, I did it as like a, almost a magic trick of just kind of drawing people and it looking like them and putting it around the school.
we are in Maria's studio, but before we started recording this, we went to look at your paintings, which are in a solo exhibition mm -hmm. um, in, what's the name of the gallery? Mother's Tank Station. It will be finished by the time you listen to this, mm. but that's, that's where we are. Mm. Um, and when Maria was showing me her paintings before, um, she, you, were <laughs> saying uh, about your grandma um, and uh, how she, because it's generational and, and women at that time mm. couldn't have been a painter professionally but was a very good artist, mm. is that right? Mm -hmm. yep. So at, w at what point did you think or mm. start to think that this could be a career for you? Mm. Yesterday, um, <laughs> as the career question is another one because it's quite as anyone who's an artist knows that pursuing this as a career is um, is a kind of blind belief, and you sort of everyone who tells you it's not going to work, you have to sort of. Was that the main message it. that you got? Um, mm, actually, I always wanted it to be a career, um, in the sense that you just wanted to do it every day. Is that mm. what it meant to you? Mm, actually, I, w I had a conviction that I will be a painter, and if it, I didn't think of the bad scenario, even though it happened. The bad scenario did happen after leaving university. It was a good art school, and you think when you leave you're going to start being a painter, but little did I know that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So I spent two years at home in my mum's tiny flat just painting still life after still life that no one wanted to see and I couldn't get into MA. Um, and how did you, how did you live? I ate my mum's food, <laughs> slept, it's a tiny little flat, yeah. it's, it's, that was, it's, it was quite embarrassing. Um, I couldn't have any friends over and my, my favourite thing is to cook for friends and yeah. so, um, but well, she, it was, it was a really productive time. Um, I painted and slept on her floor. She was happy. She's a very happy mum. Did mom. you paint in the flat? In the flat, yeah. So she has to have believed in you and been very supportive. Mm, no, she kept saying you should go and get a real job. Um, a real job, crikey. Yeah. It's a classic line. I mean, I found myself saying I should be getting a real job yeah. and I, in the end, started applying for stuff. But finally I got in to do masters, so I was able to, for two years, to really think about a career in this. I think um, I sort of always wanted to do that, I was trying to figure out the best way, and at times when it would have been impossible, I pushed it and pushed it. Mm. What was it that mm. kept you going? What, what, where did the faith mm. come from? How did you, because I, I know a lot of people that are in these, this kind of mm. work, they have, and I know I personally, I'm on, I'm on a cycle. I like, I call it my mm. cycle, because it's like, mm. you know, maybe every, two or three months I'll have a crisis of faith mm. and then I'll come back up again and it's like the wheel of fortune or I suppose that cycle idea like yeah, a sure, washing machine sure. cycle <laughs> it's like yeah, it goes yeah. down it comes up but yeah what is it that in those times or maybe since then yeah what what's kind of the the, the thing that keeps you going what do you tell yourself or mm. yeah why is it that you haven't given up if it has been really difficult yeah really an interesting question um yeah it was difficult but I feel that it might sound a bit pretentious or... Um, Go for it. But I think <laughs> in a sense... you start with like uh, an Anna Karenina crowd? I think, I think oh, that ship has so sailed. Sorry, no, I love yeah. it. I love it. It's um, perfect. <laughs> yeah, the, by the way, the Anna, just, <laughs> Anna Karenina <laughs> thing is really funny because there was a point where... I was like, I'm, I'm just going to keep quiet. And just <laughs> I had this mo time of reading all these Russian novels and uh, doing illustrations from it. But anyway, that's oh, wow. another story. It was well, that must have given funny. you some perspective on your life. Um, <laughs> yes, I think I was digging myself a dark hole. I shouldn't have gone down that route. Um, <laughs> how did that keep? How did I keep myself going? So I think that, um, uh, in a sense, art chose me rather than it choosing my myself. I love choosing that. The one art. chooses the wizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's just that whenever I feel like giving up everything that. It's almost like alcohol. If you celebrate, if you commiserate, you can drink. And I think it was the same with me for mm. um, art in that when I'm sad, I was painting. Yeah. When I was happy, I was painting. So ultimately, whatever happened, there was always painting. So yeah. in a sense, that love, enjoyment of it just helps me, mm. helped me do it because there was always work. And 
um, there was always something around. So, yeah, even if I gave up, I'll still be doing painting in my giving up mode. Because what? That was, yeah. Yeah, because you can't give up the painting. Yeah. You could only give up trying to make money from it. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't good at anything else. So maybe I was lucky in that, that it, I didn't have much choice because the only thing I was good at was painting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started playing the piano when I was three and I was absolutely rubbish by the age of 12. <laughs> so, <laughs> like nine years later, yeah. that was even worse. <laughs> your work at the very start as big yeah um why are they that size did you always paint at that size when did that pattern show okay. itself um so ever since i started preparing a portfolio which is how you apply to stuff i always worked in series because um my work is about painting and what happens within the square dimension and it's about the images within it rather than, you know, attaching eggshells or, or things outside it. And I felt that when I was making that very first portfolio when I applied for my BA, um, I wanted to do same size of a series of 20. And then you can concentrate on the images rather than getting distracted by you know, alteration of sizes. Uh. And I al always worked on that size. Um, so I had maybe 20 versions in that size and from then on I just found the right formula to work on and started uh, increasing the size to a bit bigger and then went to really specific sizes um, in my studio here you could see a stack of the smaller versions which is 152 by 122 I know it really well now <laughs> um, and then I went up in size uh, at my current show to 180 by 130 um, and, and is that these, yeah. these ones behind you? Uh, no these ones are, are size up so I'm evolving into they're getting bigger. bigger yeah I and think this one again there's another one yeah I think that to my left is that's two, even bigger 210 by 170 and I will be doing series of those as well. Oh but um, in terms of how I'm going to stick with that, I don't know. But I will. But set sizes are good. I think. Less is that is like more. a limitation for you? Is it helpful to set boundaries from the start? I think it's freeing yeah. because um, always less decision is better. Yeah. When you want to concentrate on the hardest decisions you've got, for example, are you going to add that red, which is a really, really crucial decision because red is, you know, quite obvious to person who views it. You don't want to be distracted by other decisions which didn't need to be decided on. Yeah. 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 So those limitations are actually freeing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Choosing your limitation, I think, is yeah. really, really important in this career, actually. Okay. <laughs> and in terms of uh, when you're starting out doing the work, starting out on a painting yeah I mean I could be doing sculpture if like if you're an artist you could mm. do sculpture you could do ceramics which I really love as well um, but yeah. you know you do only have one life and the, <laughs> I think you would make really interesting work if you become more specific with one thing yeah because then it would be a very thorough research into it yeah and that's something that's very striking about your work, I think, is is that it is very obviously your work, mm. and that for an artist, 
must be um, a kind of a um, a big kind of goal to achieve, is it? When you're starting out, are you trying to find mm. your voice? You're trying to find your yeah. style. You're trying to find yeah. what makes you. Mm. You want somebody to look at a piece of your work and yeah. go, "That's Maria's." Yeah, absolutely. and it's one of those things that when when you see it. Mm. it seems easy because mm. to me like well that's mm. your work that's the type of work that you make but you must mm. have gone through mm. different versions of yourself yeah absolutely yeah and do you feel um settled on this um style maybe for the next I think there's a lot more to pursue in it I feel yeah. that I'm still lacking a sense of humor in it I want a bit something a bit more punchy and hilarious without <laughs> Um, trying too hard um, yeah so I want to go down this path for a bit but then yeah I'm sure there will come a time when you'd know it when you've um, my foundation teacher once said it was like flogging a dead horse yeah. when you start making same work over oh, and over again it just begins to, to not work yeah. and you just have to have a rethink but those are really exciting beginnings as well yeah, yeah. but to come to this style they, there's lots and lots of ways that I've gone down that was just I mean purely awful and yeah. you just have to take the canvas off and um, don't worry about the material and the money you spent on it and just, just keep do it going. yeah just keep going yeah. and also I think it's so important for me to never know what the result is because mm. then you can select so say I'm always under the um, thought that I'll make ten and choose three, and the rest has to be taken out because then yeah. you can define your style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually the same with music. Is that you? Would, if you're mm. going to make an album, you would write yeah, more, twice more as many songs mm. as, as you need, mm. and then you can step back and go, oh, there is a style here, or yeah. there is a mm. consistency, mm. but you can't necessarily know that when you're no. writing mm. or painting. Yeah. I'm Imagining to know it is really, really destructive. Or tra trying to mm. create it from the start, mm. being mm. like, I'm going to make three yeah. pictures that are... Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. do it. I try sometimes, mm. and then, it, yeah, they're always shit. Mm. So, much, so much better to, to let it out and yeah. then shape it afterwards. And, and I think people, like, who help you, my, for me, gallerists or... Um, uh, uh, yeah, just explain what a gallerist is. Um, a person who represents you, so they put on your shows and they um, find good places to show you. Um, is it a bit like a manager in music? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can't really survive without them. You right. can't do. Yeah, if you don't have one, then it's. And they take you yeah. to the big art shows. Yes, and exactly. Yeah, um, and for them, you can't be that. Uh, unknowing even though for your studio it's best to be I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a uh, month's time yeah. so I need to artificially create that atmosphere in here yeah. because otherwise I can't work but if you tell them that you have no clue then they're not gonna they, they can't even plan an art fair right so and for um, them trying to yeah. for want of a better word sell you yeah. They need to know what the, for want of a better word, product is. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they think, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's the clearer the product, the easier it is to sell. Because yeah. they know where to place you. Yeah, they know just for practical yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Or, or do they need to so build a have ball? To have, or, mm. yeah, um, but you, also, you do need to have one eye on that. Yeah, exactly, you do. That's And yet yeah. trick yourself that you don't. Yeah, I think <laughs> the format is really helping. The first question about how I come up with the sizes... Right. At least you can say, I can say that they are going to be this size and there's going to be three of them. I mean, that's already quite hard because mm. on a whim, um, if you wanted to do something smaller, uh, you couldn't do it. Well, you can, but you also have to finish the three. Um, numbers and those You have to finish the things. three because what? Because you promised them. Um, Is that how it works? Mm. Because that's what you want to put in the next exhibition right. or an art fair. Right. Um, so if you could tell them that, then you can be free within that. Yeah. Whereas if, um, yeah, if you didn't even have that, I mean, where where do you start? So artificially pretending that you are completely free is another is another mental exercise that mm. you've got to. Can they say no? Can the gallerist uh, yeah. come and say, no, I'm not going to show that? Yeah, it's happened. 
really yeah it's really tough yeah. but um well you you work with that so they give you feedback that's helpful yeah they say because yeah uh, it's what's the what's the kind of thing that they would say no to mm, um so i Earlier, when we were talking, you were saying there was a delicate touch to the paintings. Yeah. And I've had a period of more quite harsh marks yeah. and more um, more rigorous storytelling. So I had a phase of doing this, loads of um, people in scenarios and rooms um, and more descriptive things. And it was in, believe it or not, in electric blue. And okay. uh, I really like Emil Nolder, who is a um, expressionist from Germany, um, and I looked at a lot of his work when I was growing up, and I think I was sort of inspired by his style, and they weren't keen on that. And I mean, I don't blame them because the work that they saw to begin to work with me was very, different, very different. But that's also part of me. Yeah. And if they don't like it you could you feel that you need you feel that you should pursue it but at the same time that's not quite the right way because um as a painter uh, i've restricted myself to working entirely flat and on linen but also i have many dimensions mm. i can do a bit of that bit of this so mm. um yeah so they they do say i i won't i can't work with that and you just have to give yourself another few weeks and works on something else right um, because they they've kind of um bought into a particular style or a, a particular version of you yeah and they want to see that yeah um i'm sure they wouldn't like it to hear it this way but i would say that you have to be recognizable as a yeah um it should be something that is very like maria farah yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, being myself in it, yeah. I don't know what's Maria Farah because sometimes I just think everything is yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's, it's sometimes it's other people that can point that out to you. Yeah, but it's hard because you know you're so much more than that. Mm. But actually, it's more pragmatic and therefore, in the end, better for you if you want to do this for a career. Yeah, that other people put that stuff onto you and yeah. say actually. Yeah. And um, it's like I I um, have experimented with other styles of music. Yeah. And people and I've been really excited by it. Yeah. And then people in my team have come back and been like, "Where's the storytelling?" And mm. I was like, "What?" And mm. then, and and they were like, and I'm like, "But didn't you hear like how amazing the mm. like hook is or whatever?" Yeah. And um, and they're like, "Yeah, but it's the storytelling that we like about you. That's mm. that's why we like you." And I was mm. like, "Well, no one ever bloody told me that. Like that would be obvious." Yeah. <laughs> And and rather than push against that, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I can I can deal with that because it's broad enough that yeah. it allows me to be free. And yeah, it, and kind yeah. of knowing what it is that makes you you means mm. that you can kind of change the the dressing. Mm. You, can, you can kind of change the um, the wrapping, but the mm. the present is the same. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's knowing what the present is, I suppose, mm. and knowing that what it is that people like about you. Mm. I actually I try and find that a positive thing rather than being felt like I'm putting a box or yeah. being told that I failed or yeah, yeah, it's more I just like good, actually yeah. we love this about you yeah. that's why we love you so yeah. try and do more with that yeah yeah and also I, I think about how I consume people's work and yeah. so not just being a creative but how I respond mm. to other people's work it's yeah. like I want it to be clear so yeah. I'm a hypocrite because I, I want mm. um you know I walked into your show today and mm. I was like oh it's so clear mm. you know it's like it's you Mm. And I would just want more of that. And, and I think mm. about certain artists that I like, and it's mm. because there's a thing that they do and I want to see them do it yeah. again yeah. and again mm. in different ways. But it, mm. that's what I like mm. about them. And, and you know, um, or musicians that if they release an album that's like a totally different style, I'd be like, mm. I mean, I, kn I know that that's important for you as an, as an artist. I'm like, yeah, mm. go you. It's really important that you grow. And it's really mm. important that you explore mm. and that's part of being an artist and like it's really mm. important. But also as a um, listener, I want to hear you do that thing that I love about you. Mm. Um, mm. So I try and keep that in mind as well of if, if, yeah. if, if how other people receive your work and just trying to make it as clear as possible for them yeah. to, to allow them to connect.
Yeah. It's kind of a generosity in a way. Yeah. It's like, can yeah. I put my ego to one side? Yeah. And and do the thing that allows people to connect. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think responding to that pragmatism and actually using it creatively. Yeah. Yeah. Is the best way yeah, yeah, to yeah. be because it doesn't have to be a bind. Yeah. social because mm. uh, there's no point in making it unless people are going to see it or mm. listen yeah. to your music. I think that. I'm not sure everybody would think that but yeah I, I think that. I think it's a yeah. collaboration between mm. the people listening and the people Make making it, it yeah. alone. It's a really really bizarre combination. I mean there was a guy who once asked um, at art school um, what would you do if you were stuck on a desert island? What would you paint? No one's ever going to see your work. You're just on a desert island. Oh. And it was a really, really difficult question. Would you be painting what you're painting now was the question. And he said yes. Um, and well, I said no. No. And it was, like, really interesting. Yeah. I don't know about you, but at this point, um, I, at least in part, I do it for other people. Because mm. I want to make something that people are, yeah. are going to like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I yeah. like that. I don't think that's a, a weakness. Yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's generous, and it's about sharing and yeah. offering. And, and I, I remember really specifically a moment when I um, kind of changed a style, mm. and I have had a thought exercise where I was really really stuck for weeks, and I was making such awful stuff that's no longer. I mean, I think I destroyed it all. Um, <laughs> it was awful, and I just said. That uh, to myself that if I wanted a painting, what would I paint? Like if I had a really nice house and I was just yeah. imagining all this dream, there was a wooden floor and there was that, and then I finally just thought of a wall, a really big wall, a beautiful wall, big windows on the side, what would be there? And then I sort of started painting, thinking, oh, something simple, oh, something this, and like just this trail of thought of pretending to be someone else apart from myself and that's I'm lovely kind of shopping or like <laughs> a gift yeah like you're making some like a commission in a way yeah exactly yeah yeah and I was just imagining this fictional person and fictional collector I yeah what would yeah she or she that's want. really lovely it was, and that really helped me get yeah. out of the rut because yeah. then you're not yeah taking the ego out <laughs> yeah and and I think it's that thing of kind of the faith in um in common humanity of like if you like it yeah other people are gonna like it yeah you know and um or not even if you like it but if it soothes you yeah then yeah. it's gonna soothe other people that's how i yeah. think about a song is that like i don't know yeah if what i'm expressing yeah is something that other people are going to connect with because you can't mm. know no but i have yeah. faith that we're all similar enough mm. that my experiences are not alien enough that if I if yeah. I just tell my truth mm. and if I'm honest and brave yeah. about that mm. then it will connect yeah. because if it helps me yeah, yeah. it will help other people you yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. if it soothes me it will soothe other people because yeah. we we all made of the same stuff you know yeah um, it's finding those points isn't yeah. it but I did find myself once writing in a statement applying for something that um, when asking about what my work was about and what kind of processes and one of them was turning the personal into a universal. Mm -hmm. So you've got this personal experience, and um, on that spectrum, it might be a portrait of someone you dearly love. No one cares about it because it's the person you care about. Like if it's a portrait of your dad, but I don't think it's that interesting. Like if there was a portrait, you can't really make a show out of it unless it has style. Yeah. And so the style is I making see. it universal because then you see sadness, happiness, yeah. or um, melancholy, or all these universal themes come into it, yeah. and it's like turning it from that to personal to yeah. universal is... Yeah, and it's, al it's allowing other yeah. people to connect with it, because yeah. um, there's an, an interview with Joni Mitchell where she says that, um, do you know her album Blue? Yes. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Um, but uh, she said that after the album came out, people would come up to her, other songwriters would come up to her and say, mm. like, oh, um, You've given too much away. Oh, like really? You've got to keep some for yourself. Like that's too much. You know, they were really? guys. 
which probably has something to do with it, but like, yeah, um, yeah exactly, like you're yeah. whinging, you're too emotional. Yeah. Um, and even now when people talk about Joni Mitchell's music, it really bothers me that they don't talk about her craft, they talk about heartbreak mm. and emotion, and, and mm, it's like, mm, yeah, that is, she's incredible at that, and I don't want mm. to minimise mm. emotionality, because I think that mm. in its own way is also misogynistic, because, mm. anyway. Yeah. But, Thanks. That's really important, but yeah. uh, but at the same time, she had this incredible craft that people, for some reason, don't talk about. Mm. I wonder why that is. Um, but mm. yeah, people said that to her, like you know, um, keep it and you giving too much away. And she said, yeah, but the thing is that people listen to that album and they look for me, mm. and they shouldn't be looking for me. They should be looking for them. Mm. Um, if yeah. you listen to this music properly, mm. <laughs> or if yeah. I've done my job properly as a songwriter, yeah. you won't hear me. Yeah, you'll yeah. hear you, and you'll yeah. it will it will make you think of Yourself. the person you love or the person you yeah. want to love again or whatever it yeah, is, and you, you might actually. paint yeah. your dad and think like, mm. oh, but it's my dad. Like, why is anybody? But I'm gonna look at that. I'm not gonna see your dad. I'm gonna see my dad. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that if you can paint it in be. such a way yeah. that is generous to me to allow me to do that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what the me mechanism of that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you know it when you see it, but yeah, if you can present it to me in a way that invites me to yeah see me, yeah. yeah. But it is having that trust, isn't it, that you're not being self-indulgent. I think that's something a lot of artists mm. feel is like, why, particularly if you're doing something that is seemingly autobiographical, mm. why would anybody care? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about things that you like, mm. it, we care about other people's lives and other people's relationships and because we reflect yeah. upon it and we, we see ourselves in it. And yeah. But we are told a lot that we're self-indulgent anyway, so probably we've internalised some of that. Yeah. <laughs> it is an amazingly hard balance, that's right. I mean, if you were not, if you didn't care about the ego, you wouldn't be doing this at all. What, a mm. painting that you made with the, your name on it is somehow <laughs> yeah. of some value? I mean, you've got to be the most egotistical person to be able to pursue yeah, that. But on the other hand, if you put too much of it, into it, then it doesn't speak to people either. I know. Mm. I guess um, a way I try and think of it, and I don't know if this is going to come across as incredibly egotistical, but it's how I think of it, is that I have been given a talent. In the yeah. way that in the, in the Bible there's a thing about, um, you brought Catholic too, right? Yeah. Let's not even go there because we have to finish up. But, yeah. um, but there's <laughs> a story about the... Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. do that another day. Um, lots to say. Um, the uh, the story of the talents and how there's I think three sons or three servants or something mm. and the father gives each of them talents and talents was um, money mm. it was a kind of currency mm. and the first one um, goes out and and spends it all kind of recklessly and the second one um, buries it in the garden mm. because he's like I'm just going to make sure the, sorry the father says mm. I'm going to come back in a month. Mm. And I want you to give me these talents back. Yeah. Or, yeah, but during the Bible, mm. great. Mm. So, the second, so the first one goes and spends more. Yeah. The, the second one buries them, so to keep them safe. And the third one goes and invests them. Yeah. And spends them wisely and comes back with more. Mm. Um, and the lesson being that kind of burying it is just as bad as wasting it. Mm. Because you've got to use it. Mm. So if you've been given a gift, if you've been yeah. given a talent, yeah. And you have to you have to go and use it in mm. order to, to build on it and make yeah. more from it. Yeah. So the way I think of it is like I've been given a, a gift or a talent. Like we all have. Everybody yeah. has their gifts and talents. I'm yeah. not saying I'm special. It's just mine is music. Yeah. Um, and also mm. loads of other things, but okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for this story, first of this story, music. Um, and so it's my it's my duty to that gift to yeah. grow it. Yeah. And to share it with others. Yeah. And yeah, it's the yeah. same with you. You you have a great gift yeah. for visual art and for painting and, and so you, you have to sure. grow it and share the yeah. fruits with yeah. us. Yeah. Because we, we need that from you. You know, yeah. I can't paint and I yeah. love painting, so I need I need you to do it so that I can enjoy it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's that's, that's how a I try and think story. of it. Yeah. It and that kind of balances the ego and mm. the service element. Yeah. Because it's accepting that. that you have been given a talent. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than false modesty. Of like, mm. it's not even false modesty, but it's just it's just a waste of people's time to not know whether you're good or not. Yeah, because I'm like, why are you asking me to come mm. to your exhibition or to listen to your album or to read your book if mm. you don't think that you're good? Which yeah, doesn't yeah. mean you don't have doubts and things you yeah. want to learn and places you want to go and stuff. Yeah. But like, 
you must have confidence that you're good, otherwise please don't waste my time yeah, in asking yeah, yeah. me to, you know. Yeah. So it balances that, like, know that you're good and know that you have a gift, but also know that you're in you some way at the service of other people. You can enjoyment to someone else. You can yeah, do your art. Yeah, and um, mm. comfort and whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, do you think that's a good place to stop? We've talked for yeah. ages. <laughs> it's, it's so cool to talk to you, and I just want everybody to look you up and, and come see your stuff. Where great. can they find you? mariafara.co.uk for all the exhibition info. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Maria for talking to me. Thank you to you for listening. And thank you to Greenwood Side for the help and for hosting the podcast. Maria actually did all the illustrations for my new album, which is out now. And the music you can hear on this episode is an instrumental version of a track from that album called Cordelia. I'm going on tour soon, do come and see me, I'm coming to London, Hay on Wye, Birmingham, Bath, Cambridge, Sheffield, Barrow, Milton Keynes, Cardiff and Walton on Thames. You can find me on social media if you like, at Maz O'Connor on Twitter, at Maz O'Connor Music on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, bye!